0: Welcome to episode number 73 of the Stick to Hockey podcast. The hockey hiatus continues. So we not only have Russ Cohen, who we always have. You can follow him on Twitter at Sportsology, uh, Sportsology sportsology.com, for his great work on the internet. We also have Anthony Mangione. First and foremost, because I give him a lot of crap every episode, it's episode 73. Russ, do you have a number 73 for me?
1: I do. Long Beach's own Charlie McAvoy, who I really loved going into the draft, and it was amazing how people sort of ignored him for a while heading into that draft. Not teams, but just like media and such, and now it's turned into a really great defenseman. So Charlie McAvoy,
0: Boston. Wow. Bears. Good job. Number 73 Thank came you. up with. one. You didn't have 71 in Malkin. You didn't have 72 in Bobrovsky, but you come with McAvoy. So I'm Okay, hold crack. on.
1: I finally did well, and now you're <laughs> going to still turn it into a negative.
0: No, this is my way of patting you on the back. Yeah, oh, yeah that's a great way of doing it. Yeah, ask my kids how that works. <laughs> <laughs> also joining us on this episode, the one and only Anthony and Joni. Ant, how you doing?
2: Doing good, Jace. How you been?
0: How you getting by uh, with the hockey hiatus, as I've termed it? Uh, well, I,
2: keeping tabs on things, but at the mo- for the most part, I've been kind of coordinating my kids' uh, educational efforts from their school, so I've been sort of, that's my other Job in addition to uh, to hockey writing, I work as a uh, as a high school teacher in Philadelphia. So, I've been sort of uh, half principal, half uh, half teacher, kind of splitting between an eighth grade curriculum and a third grade curriculum. Even oh, though man. I'm a high school teacher, so that's pretty much I've been ha- hanging with that, and but obviously keeping tabs on everything and uh, any developments that may be going on along the way, of course.
0: Well, I mean that's the thing. Like I've become now, I'm a homeschooler, and mm-hmm. I'm like. This The homeschooling thing would be fine if I had one kid, but I have a 7th grader, a 6th grader, and a 3rd grader, <laughs> and my, some of my kids, like me, have trouble in math, and I can't teach them math the way they teach it now. I can't help them. Right. I need to hire somebody to come over here in a spacesuit uh, you know, that's been tested, and I know they can come over and help my kids do their math stuff. Crazy. I,
1: mean, I, I have no kids, so my pets are experiencing no difficulties, <laughs> and, and now I just— I have to have to say this, Jason, my my hockey book, Sticks and Stones, I just got copies of it. So people great. can contact me about that. It's a college hockey book. Uh, you either get it on Amazon or you could just find me on Sportsology on Twitter, DM me, and I'll I'll sell it to you that way. So yeah, it's going to come out April 7th, but I've got advanced copies.
0: Well, that's great because this is a good time with people hunkered down yep. to be able to kind of do things that, you know, a lot of us Americans don't do much of anymore and like... Just sit back and stay off our devices, and maybe read a book. So they can go to Sportsology dot com and yep. get all the details, or hit uh, hit Russ on Twitter there and, yep. and get an advanced copy. Now, will you sign a copy of the book yeah, for the people? Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm just making sure. I want to, I want yeah. it to be special for everyone for this. A-
1: Anthony contributed on the uh, Shane Gossesphere story because you know back in the day he was covering for Sportsology the uh, Frozen Four that was in the building at the Wells Fargo and yeah. when Union when Union won. So. He's in there. JBR is in there. So there's a few flyers in
0: there. A New Hampshire guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the, the one thing is you weren't going to ask me to do the gossip Spare column. I know that. No, <laughs> <laughs> you wanted this to be a positive book at the time. Uh, but nonetheless, guys, um, so much going on, obviously, in our world and, and our thoughts and prayers are with everybody and hope everybody's heeding the advice of, you know, government to do the right things and self-quarantine if you if need be or social distancing, I guess, is the catchphrase of twenty twenty. Um, but there is a lot of hockey kind of trickle-down effect to all this. Um, you know, a lot of the, the stories that have been coming out, and we've seen a lot of uh, reports of different scenarios for the NHL to make its return when it is appropriate. But I want to start here because, you know, I, I was looking at Elliot Friedman's 31 Thoughts column last night, and Friedman uh, made a couple of really good points. And, and the one thing that I saw here in his point number 17, he says, when it comes to the possibilities for playing again, there are a couple of things that are really important to the NHL. Number one was awarding the Stanley Cup this year, mm-hmm. which I understand. You don't want to play 70 games of a season and not have it culminate. Right. Uh, but he also said ensuring a full 82 game season next year. And as he said, as we sit here on March uh, 18th is when he wrote it. We have no idea if these things are going to be possible, but those are the targets. Now, Russ, when you see that the the full 82 game season next year is a very high priority Is that a lower priority, though, than the Stanley Cup this year?
1: I'm going to say it's probably equal because they're talking about revenue. And obviously the hockey owners want their revenue from the games. That's why if they had their choice, they would finish this season even before the playoffs because they want that home game revenue. I don't think they're going to get that choice. So I think that's why they're not going to give it up next year.
0: Well, and one of the things, though, is, you know, this idea like, well, maybe they can come back because I've heard this in regards to the NHL and the NBA. Maybe they can come back a bit earlier in smaller buildings or without fans. But that kind of defeats the purpose of, I think, what they're trying to accomplish.
2: Exactly. You want to have you want to have that home revenue, as, as Russ just in, as Russ just indicated that, you know, if you have an empty building, yeah, you get those games in. But you also have all the things that have to go into it in terms of opening up the building, all you know, and there's other factors that go into it: power, everything else, electricity, yep. cost of, of of the amount of staff that need to be there. How many people do again? If you have coverage uh, from media, you have to have obviously. There's there's an outlay for that with regards to content and information that goes out. It, it's it it's it's a tough it's a tough decision uh, that that the NHL is really going to be faced with here. Well,
1: I the have one a thing- solution. I was going to say, I do have a solution. If they only have like a month left, right? After all this, you know, we come back and, you know, coronavirus is on the, on the downslide and they have a month to figure it out. Here's a one-month solution. You, you decide one building, whatever building that is, that is the building that the tournament gets played in. There are no fans, at least to start. Now, if they allow fans, great. And then they'll just have to split that up. And just like a, a Frozen Four, like a college hockey tournament, Teams just start coming in. They If they can't stay in all the hotels in the same town, they stay in the closest town that they can. You bus them in, and they keep playing, and they keep getting eliminated every day. And that's what you do. You play two, three games a day until you get through to the playoffs. They could do that.
0: Okay, so, well, but does that serve the, the problem of – because to me, every indication in, in the things that I believe the NHL are saying, uh, we haven't heard many owners speak, but there's a supposed player's – proposal which we'll get to in a minute but to me this all indicates that the biggest factor and how they come back whenever that might be is all related to one thing and that's hockey related revenue to get the hrr for a couple of reasons a to to make money and keep the salary cap as high as they can keep it and also from a player's perspective perspective to lower escrow that's the motivation right sure
1: but you know they may not get that choice and if they don't get that choice at least what I'm offering is they will satisfy the television contract. Otherwise, they're going to be looking for a refund.
0: Well, is there is that a possibility to have a refund? You know, in a situation well, like if, this,
1: if the hockey season gets canceled, right, and there's no more games, and it doesn't start again till next year, I'm pretty sure NBC is going to say something. and I'm pretty sure sponsors are going to say something. You know, they're going to want something back.
0: Yeah, I wonder if there's some kind of clause in those TV contracts. But but, but when you look at the, the HRR is what's going to drive this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's just the the fact of the matter. You know, they split profits 50, 50 and, and I'll get into how, you know, escrow works. And and sometimes, you know, players put upwards of, uh, they've gone up, I think to 22% at one time. And, and it's a big question mark, how much of that you might get back.
2: Exactly. And that's the reason why, again, this compressed schedule that's been proposed, um, why it's, you know, it, 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 you know, somebody, you know, certainly somebody look at this and say, it's too much. To, it's too much time compressed, but again, when it comes down to the collection of that of, of the escrow of the HRR, you, the window is 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 definitely rapidly getting smaller and smaller. And it's interesting as I'm looking, obviously at the late at the 2019 2020 finishes for late July, according to TSN. That's where I can kind of see where Russ's potential proposal might work a little bit with regards to bringing teams into centralized or at least if it's not one arena then maybe some centralized locations in this right. case. Right. That's, you know, not just one place but several hot spots in, in that compressed schedule it might work, but Again, that's really, as you said, Jason, where things are really kind of playing out for both the players and for the owners.
0: Well, one one area where that could work, you know, the NHL go, it's going to either be in Toronto or Montreal. <laughs> you know, that's the deal. But yeah, uh, th- that would be the push, at least from the <clears throat> Canadian perspective. But the where- area where it would work, Russ, to your point, is New York. You'd have Barclays. Right. You'd have uh, the Garden and you have Nassau. And,
1: and, you, and could, you could Pencil include New, New Jersey. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Th- that would be a real that's a Carter there. Uh, that's drivable from any centrally located area, either with on the a island lot of ho- with
1: city. a lot of hotels too. Yeah,
0: yeah, a lot of empty hotels probably right now. to, yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you. So if you're going to do it, that would be the area to do it. That, that's a very interesting proposition. Now Elliot and Fridge went on to to ask a very interesting question because one of the the scenarios is that the league could come back, not finish the regular season. And go with a 24-team playoff format. And there's basically a playoff round. And I know that uh, you know this was talked about. And Chris Johnson, Sportsnet, wrote a big article on it. And how it would work. And the teams that would get a buy. And the teams that would not get a buy. But two of the teams that would be the 12th seed in each conference. One would be Montreal. And the other would be the Chicago Blackhawks. We both know that they're huge media markets. Mm-hmm. And they would generate a lot of revenue and buzz. But Elliot asked the question. I'm going to put you guys as the GM. If you're the GM of either uh, the Montreal Canadiens and they're a 500 team right now or the Chicago Blackhawks, would you rather try that play in round or would you rather be in the draft lottery?
1: I'll go first. I'd say play in because there's no way I feel like those teams have earned the same spot as whatever team I'm the GM of. So I'm going to say play in. So at least I know they're getting some of them were getting eliminated quickly because, honestly, that's all they deserve.
0: Yeah, but right now they are, you know, on the outside look like Montreal. If you play the but string, they're out, really it's not on be a the outside. Eight.
1: Like there's there's teams ahead of them, right? So they're really on the outside. Like I'm not even sure I would go to 24 because now you're dipping into teams that really had no chance. I felt anyhow.
0: Yeah. Uh, yes. So so, Ant, w- would you prefer being the draft lottery? Now your odds are going to be pretty low unless they decide all of a sudden to say well we're going to give everybody equal odds or whatever right you know, that would lottery. be
2: probably I think I would be the angle that they would go with teams in the playoffs that the lottery rules would obviously be adjusted and changed. if I'm if I'm Montreal yeah. Chicago I want the I, if I can get the if I can get those playoffs days and give my fan base is even if even if it is a as thin a sliver as possible of a of, of a uh of advancing in the playoffs and getting more dates. I'm as a GM, I want that shot. Even if yeah. even if even if it's just one game or, or, or three games or more, I, I take that chance.
0: Yeah, and well consider this that um, Montreal, if they were to get into that play in situation in the play in, whether that's a best of three or however it would look, they would get the Pittsburgh Penguins. Can Montreal beat the Penguins with a hot carry price? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, of yeah, yeah. In a short I mean, series? But that's yeah. And that's why I don't think they should get a series. I think it should actually be a game. And I don't even think they should have a chance of playing Pittsburgh. I think they should just have a chance of playing the team ahead of them that's not in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a slew of them, you know, in the right. Eastern Conference. The, the teams that would get in that, you know, you're looking at the top eight right now, and that goes the, the cut off by win percentages, the Islanders then Columbus, Florida, the Rangers, and Montreal, the teams on the outside trying to get into the, the top eight in the Eastern Conference. So uh, it'd be interesting. I mean, Chicago in that in the play-in situation would get Dallas. And in a short series, the way Chicago has played at the end of the year, I don't know if they would come back in the same manner, but they, that, that could, they could really upset some teams. It's possible.
1: Yeah. Anything's possible. I mean, we don't even know what's going to happen when they come back. We, we're assuming everybody every team will be healthier. That's true. But when you upset a season like this and – and guys have to sort of get back into a little bit of game shape, whatever, you don't know how that's going to affect them. I mean, we all say, hey, they're great trained athletes, and they're going to be as good as they were before, but you don't know. You If you were riding a hot streak, you may come back totally cold.
0: Yeah, and, and the one thing is, so that's one scenario, the 24-team uh, playoff proposal, and Gary Bettman has said all, and Bill Daly, they both reiterated this ad nauseum, that all options will be on the table. They're planning for all options right now, as a matter of fact, just to see kind of what's going to, you know, it's all going to be based on a timeline and when they can get back on the ice. But one of the other options and TSN put this out the other day in their insider trading segment, and I thought it was really interesting. And while this is, it was deemed a player proposal, I think it was more players in a group chat kind of coming up with an idea that got to the media and Darren Dreger was on this as well. Pierre Lebrun and the player proposal said the following. The training camp would start in early July, so say right after 4th of July. Uh, the 2019-20 remainder of the season will conclude by late July, so they would probably start like week two and have two weeks left and get those games in. And then the playoffs would be August and September, draft and free agency in October, and quick turnaround to the season beginning in November um, and playing a full 82. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys think of this one? We'll start with you, Ant.
2: Uh, I have some serious issue, potential issues, especially if you're trying to compress an 82-game schedule. And I, 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 I am concerned about, you know, even a month it, to me from a really just a, a – which go, is going to be obviously a, a crazy compressed you – know, you know, finishing the regular season and going into the playoffs – I, I I don't I don't know necessarily that a month is going to be necessarily enough time for physical recovery before you're leaping directly in. And we say the season begins, that means no we're talking about no preseason going straight into once again to a schedule. Um and you might say, hey, well, if only a month off, maybe you know, you know, but that's only two teams, teams with a month off. But it's two teams with a month off, but it does yeah. put them all of a sudden at a major disadvantage, I think, potentially for them. It could be either a case of you know, they're they, they're they're still keyed in, but you've already just had a deep playoff run, extremely physical. We know it, obviously it will be emotions running high. Um, they don't get the but then on the flip side, you could turn around and say, well, they don't get the banquet tour like they normally do during when they went, you know, if they get all the way to the finals and win it. But um, I do have my concerns if you're talking about a full 82 game schedule starting from November with that kind of compressed schedule, how early in November are we talking about? I have my I have my concerns. I I have some genuine concerns with it.
0: Yeah, the, the other thing, and if the Capitals were to win the Cup, they would literally still be drunk. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's I, true. I mean, parade a week later, and then boom, you're right back on the ice and the, the cup tour, and the, you know that would be some exciting hockey to watch. Ovi would still put up fifty with a a point one two BAC. Yeah,
1: I'll, I'll tell you, I. I hate the idea, and for a lot of the reasons Ant said, and I'll get into the draft part. So I don't think they're thinking this fully through. Again, even if we're talking about the 05 draft, the way it was with Crosby, they were just at a hotel, those players at least had a chance to hear their name. Yes, there weren't much media and there were no fans, but they still had a draft moment. And in this day and age, there'd be a lot of video so everybody would be able to watch on their phones, television, whatever, however they want to do it. Even if it's a phone draft, they'll figure it out. But you don't want to turn this into Major League Baseball because what will happen is a lot of these kids that you're drafting will be in OHL camps. Like they wouldn't even have a chance to be there. And now you've taken that away from them. And that's a big thing that they've worked towards. I would hate that.
0: Yeah. Well, the other part of that, too, is there's no development camp. Um, You know, there there's. But this whole thing, there's a lot of losers in this thing, in this whole thing. We know that. Um, And there's a lot of things. There's some things about the players' proposal that I do like. Um, I don't like the fact that you got to turn around that quickly to play a full 82. Mm -hmm. But I get why the league wants to do that. They can certainly shade that from November to late June um, next season to not compact that schedule that much and kind of shade and then start to eventually shade it back to normal the following year. Mm-hmm. but the other the other part of this too for me is it's not player recovery or anything like that and cuz it, it affects very few teams the the angle that has the biggest waste of time for me is as a team like Detroit or team, or Ottawa you know teams that aren't going to make the playoffs they're going to come back and go through a, a training camp in early July to come back and play 10 games and go back on the shelf you know yeah, what i mean and uh, then they sit around for 2 months and right. then come back in November so I just don't know. Look, I know they want to get it in because they benefit financially. The league does and players do. But that seems a little hokey to me, that element of it.
2: Yeah, I I would concur. I think it's kind of sort of throwing a bone toward the league and sort of saying, hey, we want to we want to max this thing out as much as possible as well. We want to, you know, and and we're we're, saying that, hey, you know. We want that gate, too, because we obviously benefit from that as well. But in the reality of things, re, you know, the motivation to restart and then finish the schedule, Jason, obviously, is a very that's a good point in terms of that, which is why in many ways I think why I believe the 20 the, the, the I think the 2014 play in scenario actually makes far more sense in this case.
0: Yeah, me too. And and then I, those, I guess those teams that aren't in the 2014 play field don't even finish this regular season.
1: Right. And they shouldn't right. like at this they point, haven't earned that. Right. They, they knew a month and a half ago they were out of it. Like, it's just, you know, I'm going to give you this, the coronavirus timeline for fans and probably for players. Right. So the first one is, well, yeah, we we hope it's only two, three weeks. We'll get this thing back going. We're good. The fan is like, yeah, I'll get hockey back. Uh, forget about the tickets that I had. Yeah, we'll figure all that out. Then, you know, two weeks later, it's like, I kind of wonder if there's going to be a season. I kind of hope there's going to be a season. Well, they'll at least have the draft, and at least, you know, I have something. And then, you know, you you throw it out another two weeks, and it's like, gee, I hope it doesn't affect next season. Like, this is all best-case scenario, but a lot of this stuff gets washed away quickly, if you notice.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really does. Um, guys, let me ask you this question, because we know that a lot of teams, and, and teams that were in position – to either make a push to solidify a playoff spot or maybe to go on a run or dealing with injuries. Every team deals with injuries at this time of year. Who are the teams that if they do come back and say in, in June, because there there's, a, and again, I, I hate to keep citing in column, but, um, he, do, he does cite this in his column. He, uh, um, uh, Adrian Wojnarski, who covers the, the NBA, mm-hmm. uh, put out a story the other day. And what he said was in this story, he says, uh, he reported that the NBA's Board of Governors had a conference call with former U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy on Tuesday. And according to Woj, Murthy explained uh, to the owners that grim potential impact of the coronavirus pandemic in the U.S. But he did leave owners with hope of restarting the NBA season in playoffs before July. So let's go under that guys for a second, and if that nice. is possible, and maybe, uh, you know, this social distancing and other measures uh, make that possible. Who are the teams that stand... To gain the most by players getting healthy right now, that, that you look at. You look at a team I mean, like I, Columbus, I mean, Seth Jones and yeah, Yorkstrand. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you look, to me, that's I'll give you my
1: number one. My, my number one's Colorado. I mean, you're going to get McKinnon and Ranton back. Yeah. And Matt Calvert, if you, you, know,
0: if you care. Yeah, but, but you're right. And when you're talking about McKinnon and Ranton, you're talking about the two best players on that team and two of the right. best players in the league right. for a team that's really good to begin with already. Yeah. And would, do, do any stick oh, out to you?
2: Columbus is one. Um, in some ways, the Flyers again, w- after losing um, Phil Myers, um, getting Myers back in and getting some of their depth back in in, in terms of that would be one area. But Columbus, to me, as, soon as you said, it, that was the first team that kind of you know rang true to me as terms of a team that could really you know, with so many so many key players out um, that that could help potentially with a late playoff push here. I've got yeah, another,
1: the- I'll, I'll give you the Islanders, if they got Adam Pellick back, and I don't mm-hmm. know if that's possible, I don't know exactly where he's at, but that's massive for them because then they're getting a top-pairing defenseman back because you saw the minute he went out, things started going south for the Islanders.
0: Yeah, it really did. They lost six straight going into the break, or into the pause. Uh, w- when you look at uh, some of these teams, And if they're able to finish the regular season, getting Kreider back in New York for the Rangers would be a big one as well.
1: Yeah, that's big. I mean, I I still – well, under this scenario, they would make it. um, The biggest problem would be and the biggest story in New York would be, like, who the hell's starting which particular games? Like, Quinn would have a nightmare (laughs) on his hands. Think about that for a minute. Yeah, He would. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, here's what I know about the Rangers right now. And and I look at some of these teams that are on the rise – and I look at the Rangers and I go, boy, that's a team that is built to be a contender for a very long time. With bringing Kreider back and having Sabanishad Shad and, and Panarin's an MVP. he's a Hart Trophy candidate at this point. He may be the winner. Yeah.
1: He, I mean, he's in, he's in the conversation. I'll, I'll tell you that both, both Philly and New York are built in similar ways. You know, I cover both pretty closely. I haven't been to the Garden this year, which is kind of sad if I don't get there this year, but it could happen. Um, But I'll tell you, they're both built similarly, and they both have a good amount of young players. They have a pipeline. They have goaltending. And and so I think there's good hope for both those fan bases. If you want to say Philly's slightly ahead right now, that's fine. But I think they're both really close. And to me, that's good because that was always my favorite matchup as a kid. That's a good matchup to go forward. You know, those teams meeting, those games meaning a lot. I think, yeah, in a couple of years, they're going to be great.
0: Yeah, you got Shostorkin and Georgiev, yep. and I, I yep. don't know how that that plays itself out going into next year. And well, now uh, it's Sh- been
1: really complicated since he wasn't traded. Mm. Yeah, that's for, you know, like we know there'll be a draft whenever that is. I don't know how active teams are going to be anymore to acquire anybody because, as far as they know, going into the draft, there probably won't even be a decision on the cap. What if it stays the same? Then all of a well, sudden you've got you've got to sign Georgiev to an RFA deal. If you mm-hmm. trade for him, you might not want to do that anymore.
0: Yeah, and that's one thing that that I wrote down here for the episode is, um, you know, Bill Daly saying everything is on the table, but another thing that Gary Bettman said is they're going to do everything they can to keep the cap at 81.5 because, I mean, this is unforeseen what what's happened. If you look right. at some teams without the cap going up or if it's, below or well below 81.5 there are some really difficult decisions they're going to have to make well yeah. i'll tell you oh
1: go ahead Ann, sorry
0: no
2: i concur in terms of it's 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 tight um i mean philly from from the team that we covered jason obviously philadelphia there may be some 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 initial decisions in terms of the movement that they may make but for the most part i think it's been as close as they are There there's some contracts that are going to be heading out and then i think they're a little bit better it, it, they, they may not be in it's dire straight would thing but russ you were gonna say go ahead
1: yeah what i was what i was gonna say is um i think I, I have felt in my gut that it would stay the same right but it's still a possibility that the revenue doesn't reach to that point what if we get to a situation where it's up to the players you have to put your escalator in oh. just to keep the cap the same
0: yeah well, I mean, th- that's, that's where a you can tough, get to- that's
1: a tough call for them, because then yeah. it's like if they don't, players will lose jobs.
0: Well, players will lose jobs, Russ, and free agents won't get paid as much. Correct. These players that are making the decision, are, most are locked into deals. So they're going to be saying, I'm not going to lose money so other people can get rich.
1: I mean, we don't know that. I mean, that's a logical thought, but <sighs> that could be the toughest decision they've had to make since the CBA. Just, just to put the escalator in, just to keep the cap the way it is. And I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you know as well as I do, it could happen.
0: There's a lot of pressure that comes with that too. And oh, yeah. say, say it gets upwards of uh, you know 20 as an escalator. Yeah. So a guy like uh, like Taves, he makes 10 and a half million. Let's say he makes 10. He he's getting two million dollars taken out in escrow, and he has no idea uh, if he's going to get any or some portion of that back. Right, that's I mean that's a that's a big check, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That that's 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 real money and a lot of it. And so I don't know. Boy, it's a big bone of contention for the players. I know that, and that's why they're going to push to finish this regular season and get the HRR up where it needs to be. Um, let me ask you guys about the the expansion draft and how any of this could affect the expansion draft. You know, that's going to be something that teams got to really. I'm sure they're working on already about protecting players, you know, how, how can this affect the expansion draft coming in for Seattle the year after and the TV deal by proxy?
1: All right, I'll go first. Uh, we can't even talk about an expansion draft until we actually know a name and see a logo. I am so tired of waiting. This has really pissed me off. I don't care what Anthony says to try and smooth this over. I am so ticked off about this and tired of it that I hope they cancel it. Go ahead,
0: Anthony. Well, oh. the, look, the coronavirus is very prevalent in Seattle. They should call it the virus killers.
1: That would be great. Something. A name. Just give it a name already. Just just, just get Russ, you
2: know, just just, just so I don't have to hear about it from him anymore. That's the biggest thing, right?
0: Every time you see Russ in the press box, they have a name yet? <laughs>
2: it's crazy
0: just go with the sasquatches and call it a day
2: sasquatches the salmon the the salmon seekers the Something. uh <laughs> whatever it is just, i don't have to hear it from russ any longer that's the biggest thing at the moment but really it's just like i i feel like the expansion drive it's like so it's one of those things we initially when we're in a normal circumstance We're 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 looking at it we're projecting it and now it's kind of like you know <laughs> yeah
1: you, what, what you, what,
2: what, you know what, what, protecting or trying to uh, just kind of keep status quo as much as anything and then kind of deal with things as it comes it's just um you know it's going to be interesting again the biggest thing i think is the teams want to obviously make sure that they don't have a redo of what happened with, with vegas uh that's probably the biggest thing a lot of circumstances that you know i think vegas took a lot of advantage of and were were able to leverage into again galan had to get that team assembled and get all those parts working to the point of the ridiculous level that it did but you know also vegas is at the same time kind of really extended themselves as a team and in terms of their i'm kind of be curious about the the length of their shelf life with as much high-end contracts as they currently have but Again, how Seattle's going to structure, what, you know, what their focus is going to be. We do know, you know, obviously they've put a lot of investment in their front office. Um, we know that obviously with each hire that they've obviously made. But in terms of projecting out what their plan is in terms of how they want to structure their team, tough to t- tough to say at the moment.
0: Yeah, they're in a really unenviable en- situation. Yeah, they're going to bring hockey to Seattle and there's going to be excitement. But based on what Vegas did, they're in a position to almost come out looking flat because I can't imagine that they can come into the league, certainly in duplicate. I'm not even asking them to duplicate what Vegas did because they got to a cup final. But when I look at that and I go, they're, they're in a position where it's almost a no win. It's really a difficult spot to be in based on the Vegas expectation. You're right. Teams have learned. From the Uh, Vegas expansion.
1: Hold on, hold on. Have they? Well, you would
0: think, yeah. I
1: don't know about that because if the cap stays tight, uh, they might act accordingly and they might do a a lot of the same things they did before to get out from under. So we can't say the teams have learned yet. I'm not willing to say that yet.
0: Well, we know when Vegas had had the expansion draft, the marquee face was Marc Andre Flurry, right? Right. Right. And we, that was based on the situation with Murray and back-to-back cups, and he was still under contract. And then they eventually extended him. Who's going to be the the face of the Seattle whatever's? Is cool. that going to be Kerry Price?
1: I don't think it'll be Kerry Price. Yeah. I, I think it could be Tristan Jarry.
0: So you think? That, I, I would think the Penguins would keep Jarry. I
1: don't think so. I think. I mean, they're not going to put Murray up, and I don't protect him. I winning two cups. You could say whatever
0: you but want. That guy's. Jari's not a, a name on the marquee, though. I mean, uh,
1: he could be. I mean, again, you have to envision that if they do it the right way and they're a young team with some veterans, he's going to make an impact. He's a very good goalie. I just yeah, That's not why a,
0: Pittsburgh keeps him. I think he's better than Murray.
1: Well, how are they going to keep him and Murray? They, they won't be able to do that.
0: I think they would let Murray go. I don't think so. And I don't know that he would be the selection off that team anyway. I have to really look at who they would protect and not protect. But um, I I think he would
1: be the selection, but it would be one of their goalies. I'm not saying it's impossible. Murray won't be on there, but I think they're going to sign. What
2: about the possibility of? um, I mean, we're still a couple years off, but I mean, a guy like Georgiev potentially. Uh, Yeah, trade. I could see that.
0: Good young goalie. A young
2: goalie who you can build around again. I think that's one of the possibilities you would look at there. Yeah. Um, possibly uh, depending on the Islander situation, what you know, depending on if they're satisfied with Varlamov uh
1: or you know, that's another possibility there. Yeah, cuz Sorokin uh, could be there already and so they could have exactly. Varlamov, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. It might be another possibility there. And it gets interesting how we immediately focus in on 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 goaltending first uh in this circumstance. But again, we go back to Anaheim you know, back in the day with Guy Barrow, everybody knew was a NHL starting goaltender. And again, most when you think about expansion teams, star forwards aren't necessarily going to be the first thing. Even with Ve- even in Vegas's circumstance, it, when you looked at that initial roster, you thought could be good, could be solid, comp- could be a solid competitive roster. But nobody yeah. could project that out. Whereas you want to have you want to at least have one player usually that has some, and and it usually starts from the goal. I think it starts in most cases with expansion teams from the goalie out.
0: Yeah, because so many teams overpay the goalie, and then you know sometimes the juice isn't worth the squeeze when you pay goalies Mm -hmm. upwards of ten million dollars. We'll cite Florida as a prime example Mm -hmm. uh, when they when they signed Bob to that seventy million dollar contract, and they drafted Spencer Knight.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, again, you know, (laughs) I don't think Bob would agree to it. That's the problem. They also gave him all the power, so that's they might have to make one of those crazy trades to give them Bob. And he would have to agree to it, and maybe they'd have to, some, to somehow give him some financial money to do that. I guess there's a, a chance or a possibility of that. Hey, um, Jay, can I give a uh, shout-out? Sure. I want to give a shout-out to this guy, Kyle, on Twitter, who decided he would make, I don't know, some sort of who's got the best Philly uh, podcasts in the well, city. Well, it's
0: podcasters versus um Radio hosts. guys. That's yeah, right. Yeah.
1: It's podcasters versus radio guys. And somehow, so stick to hockey got in there, and the guy doesn't tag me. And, and we would go up against Josh Innes, who's a complete win bag. And, and we won. And, and,
2: <laughs> and not even in Philadelphia
1: anymore. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, he's, he's I know. That even, was the part I found. Like, it's
2: John Innes. I'm like, who the heck is John Innes? And even did a.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and, and also, Snow the goalie made it through. So obviously, Philly does like its hockey. And so, two, two hockey podcasts unfortunately off the post and they didn't even they don't even know it exists. Ah, you know we're, we're i know. You know that's we're niche we're a niche one but but the point is we're a two are <laughs> philly philly based hockey podcasts beat traditional radio and so that's pretty good but i just want to say kyle you know you you started following me but you didn't tag me bro anyhow yeah. that's it well no,
0: oh, it's weird, but no, so, so, so easily we, offended yeah <laughs> Getting soft, Ross. You're getting soft. Yeah, I don't care, yeah. man. So yeah, Josh Ennis was a three seed, and yeah. we were a six seed at the Stick to Hockey Podcast. Right.
1: Now, Josh Ennis was originally from the Houston market, right? And then he came here and lived a short little life here. And I think I'm not he's not even in the market here anymore, right?
2: No, he's in he's, he's in New Orleans now, I believe. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah somewhere down south now. And um so so we knocked him out in the first round as a six over a three. So um, who's
1: our next who's our next opponent?
0: So we go against the WIP Afternoon Show, a number two seed next, which is Marks and Reese, John okay. Marks Knight Ike Reese. Let's, let's start guy. here.
1: For people, and, and again, I've listened to the show. It's not a bad show at all. But Ike Reese, a few weeks ago, asked if Wayne Simmons was still on the Flyers. If nothing else, you vote for us because of that. Thank Good
0: you. point. If Snow the goalie is going to get Joe Giglio, who does who is the night guy at WIP. <laughs> And that, uh, that's an
1: easy matchup compared oh, to actually, actually,
0: they beat. They beat Joe Giglio. I'm sorry. Oh, they okay, were the yeah, first. I was going to say That's, that's an easy matchup. Yeah. And uh, but they have to go up against Glenn Mac now And Ray Didinger now?
1: Oh, that's a tough one.
0: That's, uh, that's a tough one seat.
1: <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that one.
0: So <laughs> I, I'm going to put it out now. We're going to get the win over Marks and Reese and people get out and stomp the vote. Yeah. Um, and and then we're going to get Mac now and Dinger, and it's going to be the greatest upset since 1980. I love <laughs> it. I love <laughs> it. And then that'll take us to the final four, and I don't know who we'll get from there, but uh, uh, I guess voting is going to begin today at three. Uh, round two voting begins today, in the last five hours. So, uh, but yeah, we're we're not we. Hey, we got one victory under our belt. That's a great thing.
1: I'm feeling good.
0: All right. So before that detour, I have this question for you guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. I meant to bring that off of, off the hop though, Ross. I so. know. Good on you for doing that. Um, I, I wanted to bring this up. The the TV deal, the American TV deal is going to be up uh, after next season. Um, does any of this madness and the 82, you know, the, the desire for the 82 games next year, does it play a part in this TV deal? And how do you see this TV deal breaking out? Is it going to be NBC again? Is it going to be NBC and other partners? And what makes sense? Start with you, Ant. I think – I mean, I still think they
2: want to be tied in a good bit with NBC, but I do think they want to at least, as many other leagues have done, diversify their diversify with some other networks as well. I do. I think if they can get some games potentially on ESPN, it wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, So I think there's going to be a little bit more diversification with the new deal. But again, how this all plays out with the the schedule coming up, and again, it's business, and they're going to say, hey, if we don't have as much Games on the schedule or things are compacted in a way that's going to run up against our other leagues, which is, I think, one of the biggest concerns. I know uh, Chris and it kind of brought that up uh, in terms of scheduling where you're going up against baseball playoffs and the star of the NFL. Do, do the network thing kind of squeeze the NHL and say, hey, if you want to get any if you want to get any airtime, you're going to accept something that's closer
1: to our our way of thinking.
0: OK, makes sense. Russ?
1: I think it's going to be NBC again, obviously, with the Comcast thing and everything else that's they're They're going to win it. I think they'll get an increase. I don't think it'll be massive. I don't think this year has anything to do with it. And I do think that ratings have been good. And I think they're happy with it. So I think I think you'll see NBC now. The ESPN portion, honestly. I don't see anything coming out of their camp that tells me they're going to do anything more than the ESPN Plus that they've been doing, and I think that's what they're going to keep doing. I I think this ESPN thing is a pipe dream. They, haven't, they still haven't put much into hockey. Yes, they have a couple of hockey podcasts and maybe like three or four hockey people, but you're talking about the 20 football people they have and how many soccer people and tennis people. Like, hockey is so underserved there that I don't even think it's their in their thought process to bolster that to try and win this bid. So I, I, I think they'll be a part of it, but I think just in the uh, on the plus channel, and it wouldn't shock me if someone like Amazon gets in on it and says, "Hey, what can we stream?" And maybe they come out with some sort of streaming deal too. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's exactly where I was thinking too, because the dip, you know you've seen it happen in, in the NFL with the Amazon doing the um, the Thursday night game with Andrea Kramer and Hannah Storm. And they're not calling play-by-play play on the game. It's more of a commentary, which I didn't enjoy, and it wasn't because they were female. <laughs> but I think in like football, you just like I need the scene set, like down yeah. and distance, you know, and yes. situational. And when and you're used to watching Tony Romo, who's telling you what's coming before it's coming, which I love. Yes. Um, to just have commentary wasn't the right way to go for me. Um, yeah, I could see a digital provider because everything's mm-hmm. going in that way. As much as maybe Comcast doesn't want to to hear that. So, they got to get involved in that as well. But uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out and how much it affects the cap and hockey related revenue and all of those things. Um, Russ, I got to ask you about this because obviously, with this pandemic, the OHL, the Q, WHL, all, uh, you know, junior hockey, NCAA is all shut down and it's not coming back. The AHL is kind of only open right now or not open, but in the pause because, you know, playoff teams, if they do come back, want to have that. That bench of players to be able to, you know, draw from the ECHL uh, ended their season uh, obviously as well. How does all of that affect evaluating players when it comes to this draft, whenever it may be?
1: Okay, so first one is, I the WHL didn't say they weren't coming back; they just paused it too. That's what that after it got kind of messy online, they haven't like given up the season. So I don't think junior hockey's completely given up yet, but. I think it's on life support. But anyhow, as far as teams, they were pulling guys back anyhow. This time of the year, they would like to see players in the playoffs. There's no question about it. But they have a thick book on everybody at this point. And the only guys they haven't seen are guys that maybe were injured, but they probably did see them in a Halinka or another, another tournament the year before. Now, tournaments like the under-18s, which are supposed to happen in Michigan, that isn't happening. Tournaments like the Holinka – maybe isn't happening either. And that happens right before the draft. So they're going to work off of what they have, which is still pretty, pretty potent. Don't worry about that. I honestly, it's just, yeah, there might be a few guys that got injured that maybe they wanted to see an extra two or three times. And maybe they wanted to see them in pressure situations in the playoffs. But other than that, a lot of these guys that they're looking at played last year, they could fall back on some of that as far as how they did in the playoffs. Even though it's a year later. So I don't think it's gonna hurt teams that much.
0: Okay. So there could be some players that maybe get taken lower that would have been taken higher and people can find value there. But it's you're still looking at this draft class and it, it you know by all counts, this is a really good draft class. How do you rate this draft class, Ant?
2: Um, this one I would say I probably probably put in the uh terms of overall depth and i think russell probably concur with this is that you know i think that we got some pretty good depth i think in the first two rounds and i think there's yep. some pretty good value i think in round three and, and, and as always i think once you get into the later rounds that's obviously going to be a test of your scouting and how well you've uh, you've done your homework on some of the deeper tip. but i do think you're going to get in the first two rounds some and some definitely some really good talent uh potentially uh and then third round i think there's going to be some good finds too uh, I'd I'd rate this probably a somewhere I can I can't quite kinda of peg it down between an A minus to a B plus. I'm probably leaning slightly closer to A minus in terms of depth, in terms of the fact that you can get through three rounds and potentially have three players uh that, that can really potentially help
0: affect your future. So so it's somewhere between the ninety nine draft and the O three draft. Closer to O three than ninety nine. <laughs> uh,
1: well, I mean, I O three, it's almost impossible. To, yeah. That's an A-. Ever.
0: That is a goodness, God.
1: <laughs> go if you go to Sportsology. I wrote about the 08. The 08 draft was a really good draft.
2: The '15 draft, Well, '15 is a, a pretty good one. I'm looking at '15. Like, yeah, yeah, you've got Marner, Hannifin, oh. Pro, Provorov, Warinsky, Meyer, Rantanen. That is the. To, that's in the oh, top ten. The only swings and misses is, is you know Dylan is Dylan Strome. Yeah, um, actually. Fit- and Zaka, who's kind of sort of coming along, and then you get a little deeper in there. And then you get – you know, you got DeBrusque at 14 to Boston. You've got uh, Barzil at 16 to the Islanders. Connor at the Jets. Jesus. Chabot at 18. Yeah, it's 14 15 or 15. Draft in Florida was really – and then you're scrolling down, and you're going to the Connect Me at 24. Besser. Yes, sir. That I first think- round was insanely good. It was really, really good. Vets. It really was good.
1: I, I think I'm, that's the one Svech I'm well-
2: to... Detroit. to Detroit. That was, that was Evgeny Svechnikov in Detroit, who's the solid player. Erickson Ek, who's in the NHL now. White. Ilya Samsonov.
0: I mean... Yeah, there's Ross only a couple of misses here. Let
2: me check one yeah. more draft.
0: Uh, Anthony Bavillier.
2: Bavillier deep there. And then you're getting into the second round. That's where it kind of drops a bit, a little bit. But uh, you have Dermott with Toronto. You've got um, I think I think that is Blackwood one. with with the do- you have Mackenzie Blackwood, yeah. Strong who
0: bounced around a bit, Chillington. Yeah, Kyle Connor's be- in that first round too. By the way, yeah, three straight thirty goal seasons. <laughs> he gets yeah, overlooked out there. Yeah, he's, he's
2: <laughs> because he's right because he's you know he's in between you know, that 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 middle part of the draft. There. Like Boston took Zabrural. They I mean, it took you know they, they took some knocks certainly for the the players that they got. Senshin we're just not sure yet. Zaboro is over, you know, he's still some time yet. Um, but Debrusque is. Zaboro, I think, is a bust, just to be honest. Yeah, but, I, but Debrusque, I think, is a good player. Oh, he's a really um, good player. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that's, really the, yeah,
1: that's, that's the one I'm willing to hang, my... That's, that's the one I think. That I did.
2: 15 draft was really. 15. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm getting into, even into yeah. the deeper ends of it, but that fir- that front end yeah. first round, Shillington's there.
1: Because I knew it was third. a draft. It's all tougher
2: in the third round, but it's a, it's I... the high end first.
1: After I said, "Oh wait," I knew it was a draft that I couldn't fully evaluate yet because it wasn't at the five year mark. So yeah,
0: it's 15. Yeah, you so... can start to evaluate that one with, with the yeah. way the league has turned into younger players. That's true. Like...
2: This is the first. Yeah, yeah with it that much uh, that quick, yeah. you know, within a three year turnaround, guys are already
0: um, yeah. think of, think about that 2015 draft. And look at the money some of these guys are making before the five-year periods even on.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, you look at McDavid. I mean, he's making all the money in the yeah. world. What thirteen yeah. million? Eichel's Michael. getting, Marner's getting Arner. paid. <laughs> Proveny got paid. Pro yeah. Rolf got paid. I mean, Myers this,
1: Myers got a good contract. Yep. The interesting, yeah, the interesting thing about the fifteen is Lafrenia is not on McDavid's level, but he's on Eichel's level, and, mm-hmm. and and that's why I think it's a great draft. But then when you're talking about like dylan Strom, i think byfield's better than dylan Strom. i don't think there's a question now yeah. but mitch marner you know you talking about mitch marner and it's like you know marner may be better than byfield byfield's probably just a little behind a marner um but then you know you go down drysdale is definitely better than hannapin in my eyes i like hannapin a lot so i think that's where you're really i think this is a good comparable draft 15 to to this year
0: Let me ask you about one of the guys that taken in that 15 draft with was Matthew Barzell, 16th to the Islanders. um, And there's a lot of talk out there that he could get offer sheeted. I love, I know you love offer sheet talk, Russ. Yeah. (laughs) um, But this one, there's a lot of fire around this one because he's in a situation there, Barzell, where he's being asked to play away under Barry Trotz and with Lou as the GM, uh, who's going to be very, I don't, I don't want to say stingy, but very. This is kind of is what it is. And he's playing in a system that doesn't play to his strengths, in my opinion. They're asking him to play defense, and he's a high-flying offensive player that mm-hmm. sometimes throws caution to the wind, which could cost him money. Um, so maybe not a great place for a player like Barzell. But, so a lot of people think he's the guy that could potentially get offer-sheeted.
1: Well, I, I will say it like this. I'll ask you a question with a question. Who's ever offer-sheeted Lou? Any of his teams?
0: No, but, it, but this is a different uh, situation here. There's a, is no.
1: it? I mean, they're, they're getting a new arena. If somebody offers sheets him, he's going to match it. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any question in my mind.
0: Remember, Lou is the
2: one who knocks.
0: Yeah, He doesn't answer. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> no, it's true. It's actually but but if somebody line. throws a
0: big sheet at Barzell, he may just say, you know what? Give me the draft picks. I'll rebuild it. No, he I'll use he, your pick. You he know? can't
1: do it. He, Ledecky will push him to sign it even if he doesn't want to. Uh, they can't they do that. Then Lou will leave it, the
0: job if the They're the they, dictating they, what he's doing.
1: They won't matter. I, I mean, honestly, it would be that important for the new arena. You have to have that guy. The, if they lost that guy, they have nothing to market the new arena with. And trust me, on Long Island, you need some names. And if they don't have him, no. They'll, well, the they'll other, sign him at all costs.
0: The other part of it is that you lost of Vars. You had a guy, and you right. lost him, and then you're going to lose Barz- Barzell.
1: Boy, Can the happen. people
0: up there will have a, a the, you know, every every fifth game of the year at home, they're going to be throwing stuff in, on the ice. Right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah it would be a, a, an ugly situation. It won't happen.
0: All right, so let me ask you guys about this, too, because uh, it just came out this week that Cole Caulfield has decided to return to college for another year, go back to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people, when he was overlooked a little bit in the first round, you know, ends up going uh, in the mid part of that draft. We're surprised because how good of an elite scorer he is. We know what his, you know, his size issues, but that's more and more less of a, a problem in today's NHL than it's ever been. Were you surprised he's going back? And uh, how was his season this year?
1: I mean, his season was good. I mean, he was, you know, on pace for like 30, 40 goals. I think he ended up with like 22 or something, something close to that. I liked his year. I didn't like the team. And I think that, because of that, I think he's smart taking that extra step backwards and saying, "All right, you know what? Let me. Uh, it's never going to hurt a guy going an extra year in college." I will say, if you want to bring it back to the Flyers, though, it's deafening the silence from Tanner Lasinski, who I think is going to wait until August 15th. Why Kaliniak? You know, he could sign, or he can go back to Wisconsin. He hasn't said a word. He hasn't said a peep. So I really think Allison's the only guy that might sign with the Flyers right now. Out of that group, and and there's another one, Gavin Hame, I, I don't know what's going to happen. You got to have
0: up.
2: a you have to have a feeling, I guess, with one of those players that you're going to have a crack at, at an NHL roster right now, and that right. at, a, at the, and the it's Flyers for those, And it's
1: and tough. It's those tough. Guys, yeah,
2: we talked it, about that about how you you know, by, by by getting by getting a Derek Grant, you know, and they, then again, the Flyers have to think had to think about the immediate situation versus you know bringing in a kid straight out from college. Yep. Who again may be ready, but again isn't an isn't a pro NHL pro player. And but again, that uh, that's going to impact the decision making of of of, of, that, of that player, especially if they know they may or may not. If they were going to be playing with the Phantoms, they weren't necessarily going to be getting you know top end ice time there because Morgan Frost is anchoring the top line. There. Right. So that's Great that. Point. Those are all factors that go into it.
0: It's all yeah, it. The one thing about Caulfield, I will say, I didn't love his World Juniors this year. I really didn't. Uh, he was on the second power play. He didn't look like the Cole Caulfield from the year prior to me.
1: I, I, Am I right I mean, in that assessment? I mean, I think it's personal opinion. I didn't honestly feel that way. I, I think, honestly, he is a kid that has super high standards, and I think he feels like, you know what? I've got more to learn, and, I, and, and that's fine. I wasn't upset with his performance there, and I thought his college performance was good, I just think he wants it to be better before he makes that jump. And look, here's the other thing. His agent's probably saying, it's better if you take another year because, you know, we're talking about Montreal. They're probably never going to play you in the AHL. They're going to want you to play right away with the big club. And that's a lot of pressure for any player in any world. And I think that's something else that might play into it. So I think, you know, I think that's what you're looking at. I mean, he had um, 19 goals in Wisconsin, a really good year. I mean... There's nothing wrong with the year he had. He wasn't a pointy game, though. So I think there is room for improvement there. And that's, you know, and that's a little bit more improvement that I thought he needed. I thought he was more ready than that, but that's fine. Every player is different, right?
0: Yeah. And look, I mean, he's a guy that he got out of the gate really good at Wisconsin the first couple of weeks, yep. I think. I mean, he, and so he must have slowed down or maybe he was dealing with something as well. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays Possible. out for Cole Caulfield. All right. Last thing uh, for both of you. I want you to grab that crystal ball off your broadcast desk, <laughs> and I want you to tell me how this plays out. Now, Aunt, you're married to a doctor. You've got medical advice in the home. How does it play out?
2: This whole thing?
0: Yep. Oh my when goodness. does the game get back on the ice? There's going wow. to be a prize oh, that's for That's a lot of game. pressure. That you're you, in, my, in my studio here, I look over. I have a line of goalie sticks. And I, I, I've got a nice Brian Boucher Warrior over there, but I'm not going to give that to you I'll give you, how about A a, a shark tooth bitten look, Looking CCM goalie stick That I oh used boy. in beer league I'll sign it for you <laughs> Nice, whoever's closer to getting nice. Fight Can take this dingy CC I mean it looks gnarly I'll take a picture and show it to you guys <laughs> And I, I'll sign it to you You can hang it on your wall in your uh, In your studio at the house Nice. and you go first when does the game get back on the ice how does this play out what's the playoff field in the situation do they finish the regular season
2: i I don't know about the I, I'm not confident in the regular season at all i i don't th- I don't think we're going to see games for the regular season I don't playoff again we have to see how sort of things sort of re- still have to reach their apex I think with this we also have to see where testing is at it's a lot of there's a lot of variables that still have to come into play because again we we weren't exactly, you know, not not to be political here, but again, we were we we seemed pretty ill prepared to to, to deal oh, yeah, yeah. to deal with the situation. Yeah. So, um, I think that's we're looking at probably if we see a playoff begin, you know, the, well, if, if best case scenario, I think late nothing sooner than late May for a camp, and then if we start the plan, probably early, it would be, have to be sometime in June. I really think so. If it happens, if if it happens
0: at all. Okay. So you're saying a mid June, say or, or early June, and that would obviously conclude early August. Yeah.
2: Okay. That's our call. It. That's our call. It. And that's and honestly, I really feel like that, I feel like that's best case scenario. And I hope okay. I'm wrong.
0: Yep. Okay. Russ, how does it play out? I'm gonna go um
1: like third week of May training camp, June first start.
0: June first. And that's a playoff start?
1: Playoff start. No regular season. Regular yeah. season's toast. Yeah, yeah I, I think it
0: is, too. And you're going to go off point, point percentage in my estimation. And they may just do a play in a round of two teams. I don't think they'll go with four in the I conference. I think
1: that's what my original original was, the play in a round of two teams. I think that's best. I mean, teams, no offense, but the Chicagos and the Montreals, they really shouldn't have a shot at this.
0: I totally agree. They, they, they put themselves through 70 games into that position. Correct. It, it, and I It's think not it's like a- it was 35 games. <laughs>
2: And I also think they adjust the, I think it could be a, a playing game and then first round, a shortened first round, potentially five games. You're looking at maybe a best of five first round, which again, yeah. leads potentially to, uh, to for, for some major upsets. And then after that, I think you start to, I think once you're into the second you know, round and everything, you might be going to seven games, but again, it's it's going to be compacted. Maybe they do a pair of five game series and then only get to the, and then leave seven gamers to the conference finals and Stanley cup final.
0: Yeah. I, I would be, I would be, I would prefer four by seven, but if they're mm-hmm. going to compact it, I want the conference final and the Stanley cup final to be seven. Absolutely. Yeah. I,
2: I would agree. That would have to be a full, it has to be a legit, a legit uh, in that respect. Yeah.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Well, we'll see you guys are basically apart by a week. So, if it yep. goes uh, to Ant State or past, Aunt, uh, Russ, the stick is going to go to Anthony. Sure. <laughs> no problem. I'll put a nice bow on it. Again, I'll sign a nice CCM twig for you, Ant. I'll tell, I tell you what. A goalie stick on a wall is a piece of art. In my I
2: know. You, you've you've posted enough pictures in, uh, of your newly assembled uh, den there.
0: Oh, man. The new <laughs> studio is incredible. I haven't left it. I'm being quarantined, I'm told. The, the
1: only thing I could say is, A Stolarz goalie stick would take up more more wall space. That's all I'm saying.
0: Take it how you like. My ceilings aren't high enough for an Anthony Stolarz stick. (laughs) (laughs) You can use
2: use it to prop up the
0: ceiling. (laughs) I could use it as a support beam. That's a good point. There you go. And because of that, now I'm going to get a DM from his brother complaining that I talked about it yet again. There you go. (laughs) Uh, guys, this was awesome. A lot of fun. Episode number 73 of the Stick to Hockey podcast. Again, get out and vote for us in this uh, this bracket challenge. Again, yes. we're gonna, uh, up in round two here against, who did I say we were going against? Uh, uh, Marks oh, and Bruce, Reese. Reese. Yeah, I'll, call, I'll text John Marks and tell him he's going down. Uh, do it. And, and then uh, we'll get to the back now and did round after that, and we'll see how we do. Uh, Anthony, thanks, dude. This was awesome. Russ, great job. And thanks. we'll talk to you next time on the Stick to Hockey podcast.